Okay, Mitch and his dad podcast episode nineteen. I am Mitch, and with me as always Jeez. is my dad. Nineteen, we're on here. I can't even believe that. I know it's crazy. Someone hasn't outlawed us from the <laughs> internet. We're hanging out in a corner. Nobody can Something's see us. Something's going on. I know that. <laughs> yeah. What are you been doing out there in the West Coast? You getting any rain? We're getting. We're in a drought. No, yeah, we were. Uh, I don't know that they call it a drought. We were getting rain uh, last week. We got some. We got some pretty serious rain today. It's uh, very warm. I noticed that when I left work. It was like seventy degrees out, something like that. Looks like it's going to get up to eighty-four on Thursday. We had no, a pretty good day for a while. It was getting up in the low eighties, but now it's dripped back down into the forties and kind of danky-like. But it's. We looking. We're needing some rain, but uh, we just can't seem to get a good rain. We get this little sprinkle thing. Right. Not good. Not mm. good when you don't have rain and you're living on the prairie. Yeah, I can imagine. Yeah. We're on the prairie out here. I I don't know how it is that we. It doesn't seem like we get very much rain out here, but everything's so green all the time. You know? Well, I don't know about that. Are you asking me? I mean, I don't know how that can be, but whatever it is. Yeah, I don't know. It just is something to notice. the weather in the world, really. Yeah, it's true. Really, really weather. Yeah, we lucked I out mean, me, I like Phoenix. I stalk raving heat all the time. I like that. Do you? Well, yeah, I like feeling, I feel lubricated, you know. It's like my joints are loose when I'm hot sweating and you know right, really right. everything right, this, I was going to say Texas is not far off as far as that you got more humidity out there but it's still similar feeling yeah. to some degree I mean in the summer what's the difference I don't even notice the here though I mean people you know you hear people from other parts of the country that live here which there are many talking about that it's humid here but I mean humid is New Orleans there's nothing even comes close to New Orleans when it comes to humidity. Even Florida? Oh, Florida's... There's nothing. New Orleans is below sea level, and it is unbelievable. Anybody goes to New Orleans and can't tell me it's the most humid place they've ever been is just, just not paying attention. It's, it's unbelievable. Hmm. Florida's not even close. See, the good thing about Florida is you constantly got that sea breeze. Constantly. Hmm. So you're not you're not really inundated with you know 110 degree 90 percent humidity like you get in New Orleans. Oh, I gotcha. I don't remember. I mean, I think I went there only in the winter time. There's a place to live. I don't know why it's so bad. It didn't seem that way when I was growing up. But, uh, <laughs> yeah. Man, you go down and wonder how people survive. You know. Anyway. Yeah, I, I mean, it's, um, it's similar to that for Phoenix. It's like when I go to Phoenix and it's even marginally hot out i'm just like how did i ever live here how did i ever survive this it's like a, it's well you 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 any time you're going to spend in california of course now me if i was choosing weather in california i would choose northern california because i like weather where i'm wearing like a little bit of sweater or something in fact i even like wearing shorts with a sweater i keep getting cut you, know, you get that here are you get getting that up Monterey in San Francisco, you know, it's like 62 degrees, you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. It's, uh, if you look at the weather, I look every day at the weather for different spots in the country, in the world, actually, and I look every day, 
And San Francisco is unbelievable how the weather is 59, 60, 61, 60, 62, 61. I mean, it's like every day. I love that. Mm-hmm. Some people think that's boring. Me, I wouldn't miss bad weather living there. Yeah. Cali- you know, up in California is the same. It's just the temperature's a little higher. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's pretty consistent. consistent. I like that consistency. Yeah, I like that too. I, I like that myself. And I'm, you know, it's that's the thing is, people always the say, weather say that, uh, seasons. You, young people out there that that haven't really decided where you're going to spend most of your life, and the most important thing in the world is the weather. That's you got to like the weather, or you're not going to like living wherever it is you choose to live. Mm, that makes sense. About millions of people that live up in the north. You know. Yeah, I mean, I I was I lived in Seattle for a year, and it was just it was it was like eight months of rain. I was miserable. I was just like, this is how do you people not? I mean, as I was thinking when I was up there, I was like, how do these people not kill themselves? But they do, like in mass mass quantities. That's a green, that's a place. Seattle's green all the time. Oh yeah, well I mean, you could spit a sunflower seed, and you'll have a tree in the next week. You know, I'm saying the rain keeps it. Uh, uh, yeah, I mean, we I remember we we had a. We moved into this house, and in the time that it rained, we weren't able to mow our backyard. And by the time we were able to, the grass was, I think, three and a half feet high. It was ridiculous. So, Bush, you thought you were in Washington, D.C., so you didn't know any better. <laughs> Not by the time I moved there. Uh, you... Yeah. I'll never forgive you for that one. No, that, know, that's an all-time. You'll, you'll never that's let me live that one. That's an all-time gaffer right there. Yeah, well, I, I'll, rem- I'll remind myself never to tell you such stories anymore. Then <laughs> I like these stories. I like gaffes. I think there's nothing funnier than someone who's laughing at themselves. Yeah, I'm with you there. That's what's really funny. I think that's why Bill Cosby's so funny. Yeah, because that's what he's doing. You know, he's he's talking about. <laughs> I just think that's funny. Yeah, I'm well, with you. I, I, I just stand up com- comedian uh, over the weekend, but I have no idea his name or what channel I was on. I was just flipping. I saw a guy up on the stage. Was, I mean, he was so bad. I'm thinking now, if this guy I can be on TV, I know as this guy. I mean, he was terrible. I don't know who he was. I uh, I just. That the internet is disconnected. Yeah, I keep getting like you keep cutting out. I have all my stuff turned off, so everything should be fine. And I'm looking at all my lights; everything's at full speed here. You want to you want to try again in a minute or what? Because you keep cutting well, out. I'm not on. You're on, but I, you just keep cutting out. Actually, your your there video. Is. There we go. Get this little thing. There's a problem with the internet. Da 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 da. Yeah. I'm just gonna see. I don't know what that. I mean, I don't. I see you fine. I see me fine. I can hear me and I can hear you, but I don't know what you're saying. It's cutting out. So. Yeah, it keeps cutting out here and there. It's very strange. I don't know. Hmm. I'm seeing if there's anything going on. I don't know. Hopefully, it's nothing too big. What do you want me to do? I mean, you want me to hang up and recall you or something? Uh, call you, yeah, let me, let me call right. you right back in a minute here. Let's try it again in a Get second. This. So you don't you remember the comedian's name you saw? Or, oh, you know? no, no. I, I, in fact, I wasn't going to stay long enough to find out his name. He was, <laughs> what did he look he, like? Uh, he had that sort of uh, spiked hair, kind of thin hair. 
you know, he needs he needs some hair, but he spiked it up a couple. And he was a little round face. I would say he's probably in his 30s. Hmm. Not real. I mean, sort of chunky looking. Get hmm. on like a tan jacket thing. Hmm. Not yeah. a good looking guy. Not not a not a good looking guy at all. But I mean, he, you know, he was. Oh, he was just terrible. Yeah. See, I, it's one of those. I don't. I didn't even want to guess because it's like. No, you don't. You know what I mean? Guess. I wouldn't know if you said his name. I wouldn't. Know, I wouldn't know the guy's name. I, I didn't want to know anything about him. He was terrible. Yeah. He, he was like imitating. When I flipped it over, I didn't see it. You know, from the very beginning. I just as I flipped, I saw it. And what he was doing at the moment I flipped it, he was talking about people that are like the master of ceremonies. You know, you know what a master of yeah, ceremonies yeah. is. Yeah. Okay. That that's what he wanted to lift it, and then he went into this other thing with tremendous amount of garbage language, and it had to do with you know, uh, like why do you need massive ceremonies? And he would he was imitating what he would do if he was the massive ceremony. I mean, he, uh, it was made me. I had I got chills. It was so, so bad. It doesn't sound very good, but, you know, I don't know. I, I, I'll probably wait for three minutes, maybe. Well, it's interesting because you said you're surprised that he's on the air and I'm not, but, yeah, you also say that he was using filthy language, which I well. Well, you, there's people that use filthy language that are funny also, but, I mean, I, I don't find it too good. To, I find it sort of a crutch thing. Mm. But I'm just saying, I, that's not why I didn't like it. Right, okay, I got you. I mean, he... <laughs> I mean, it's surprising. It's, it's, it was just... Terrible. It was just, just horrendous. Hmm. I mean, I've had a lot of friends that that over the years, there's a, over the years, have, have been like, you know, I saw this comedian on TV the other day, and it was just terrible. And I keep going like, why isn't Mitch on there? And I'm like, why do I only get compared to the terrible ones? <laughs> but I realize what they're saying is like, yeah, he's have, better than this. Surely, gotta, if they would put this guy on, they would put somebody who's better. You know, but but you got to change how you look to get on TV. Oh yeah, I plan to shave the hawk after the show today, so we'll see how well that. After, that after the show today. After the show, yeah. Good. We'll see how it goes. I'm gonna give it a trial next run. Week, uh, next week when I see you, that thing won't be blazing up the top of your head. That's true. I will not have a thing blazing my head. <laughs> How about the goatee and the mustache? Are they going to get shaved too, or no? Just, just the mustache. I mean, it's just a, it's collateral damage from not shaving. Is really what the mustache is. But I like the goatee. I got. It. Okay. Weird. I keep. Well, Tiger Woods has one, so I guess it's okay. And Tiger Woods has a goatee since when? I don't know. He's been, I've been. I noticed he's had one a couple of times. The last few times I saw him, it's kind of, you know, not a big one. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> There's one guy that grows this. One guy on the golf tour that grows this little piece of hair, right in the middle, bottom of his lip. Yeah. In the yeah. middle of his right. He's got the hair. It looks so gross. Yeah. I it looks like he spit and it's stuck to his lips. That's what it looks like in the first. Doesn't look like hair. So yeah, yeah. Anyway, we ate at the. What is it? Today? This one says, "Turn off video, keep video on." I'd say turn it keep off. Video we might on. get better. Might get better luck if you want to turn it off. 
I don't want to turn off the light looking at me. Alright, I, I just, I'm, I'm worried that we're not going to be able to get through this. I don't think we'll be able to get through this today, is my problem. I'm well, seeing like, I'm I'm looking at the stats here, and it's telling me technical stats on what I'm sending and receiving. And it's, I mean, the problem, according to this, is on your end. So I, I don't know if you're just, uh-oh. Yeah, turn the video off. Okay, let's see if that helps. I'll keep mine on for you. Um, all right. Well, that's not good. Why would one week it work and one week it won't work? That doesn't I make sense. I don't know. It's just certain days or something. It, it could also be, for all you know, like somebody might, one of your neighbors might be using your wireless network, you know. Well, I would think there's probably neighbors using my wireless network. Yeah, so if they're downloading some huge thing, then that's going to that's gonna affect your speed. Yeah. And I know there's no neighbors on mine because I can check my stuff all the time. Yeah. Right? And not only is it hidden, but it's also password protected, and it's just, I don't even know the password, so. <laughs> All right, there's the message that I was getting when I was up there, too. Hmm. All right, and well. Same. Even when I had my video up, it's the same message. And it's showing me that, that I'm not, we're not losing any information, so I think we're going okay here, so. I don't know. I think you maybe you got a neighbor or something. You might want to turn on uh, a password or something. You can, one of these days, just give AT&T a call and say, I think I got neighbors using my wireless. How do I protect my stuff? And they'll explain it, and and then you're all set. You know? Your sound is breaking up. I was saying that you probably ought to call AT&T and say, I think one of my neighbors is using my wireless connection. How do I protect it? And they'll walk you through how to do that and then well, they give you a different a different connection or something no it's just on your on your wireless thing you can set a password and stuff to where you can lock it down basically to where that excuse me only you could access it because only you have the password and then they wouldn't be able to you know piggyback off your wireless and then you you'd be only on your own speed there wouldn't be anybody else on there you know well i'm on this thing called the uverse yeah and there's quite a few of these just in the cul-de-sac that I live in here that are on the same thing. Right, right. So I don't know whether that makes any sense, but they're, they're, you know, there's houses all around me that have the same same uh, system. Right. I guess it's the same. They all have U-verse. Yeah. And this is part of U-verse. So anyway, right, we ate at the try. Blue Danube Eastern European Restaurant. Okay. And the little guy that owns the restaurant is a European <clears throat> guy, the Slovakian. Hmm. Yeah. Anyway, it was really fun to go there. We went on uh, Jenny's birthday. Oh. She was, she was 29. Of course. And uh, I had this thing called Slovak sausage with braised cabbage as an appetizer and I mean it was good everything this guy cooks he makes right in the restaurant he buys no prepared food no everything is, comes right out of the restaurant I mean he cooks everything right there nice breaking up no no I can hear you fine I keep getting that damn message yeah I don't know I don't know what that is it makes me curse <laughs> um anyway this sausage was uh it was hot you know what I mean? Spicy hot. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 
and uh, you know it had the it had the braised cabbage sort of on the side, and uh, it, it it was good. It was really good. Jenny had uh, as an appetizer, she had fried potato dumplings with applesauce. Wow. What it is, it's these little ball-like. What they do is apparently they take like mashed potatoes, which we would think of as mashed potatoes, but I don't think they call them mashed potatoes. But it's potatoes. Mm-hmm. And they put some kind of crust on them and they fry them. So when you get it, it almost looks like a corn fritter or something. But it's not really hard. It's real soft because it's potato in the middle. Hmm. Really good. I don't think I've had Eastern European food. No, I haven't had it in a long time. I know that... Uh, I'm sure I could find it. It's California, but I... lived in Houston, uh, where you were born, actually. Um, we used to go to a place, which I can't remember the name of, but it was a, it was a, just what they considered a German food type of thing. And it was sort of the same atmosphere that this place had. This was a bigger place than the one we went to in Houston. It was kind of a real small little family restaurant. <clears throat> but... Uh, I don't know why, but I like the food. I, I like it because it's usually kind of spiced up, you know? Mm, I, I go gotcha. for that spiced up food. <clears throat> yeah, I don't know if I'd be able to go for that. I'm getting better at spicy, but I'm I'm nowhere near, you know, Cajun style. I don't think anybody not like spicy food. You know what I mean? Yeah. It doesn't I, make any sense. And I'm on the other side where I'm like, I don't understand why people do like spicy food. Well, it's because it makes it taste like something. I mean, the British used to used to go around the world and, and, and using their navy to stop at these islands to bring back different kinds of spices. Yeah, it fixed up the food because the food was so dra- drab. It still is. <laughs> you guys ate fried chicken down there? What's that? California. What did we get now? Babes. No. Fried chicken. No. No. Fried chicken is not a staple of California. We got, um, we got, uh, it's not too good. We got uh, the, the Popeyes, um, we got another oh, one. We got this real Pop- southern. Popeyes is a New Orleans thing. Yeah, yeah. The first time I saw it was in New Orleans. And, uh, yeah, part of New Orleans. We got this place called Roscoe's Chicken and Waffles. That sounds is, like a privately owned place. That might be good. That's uh, it's it's a chain. They got a few of them out here, but Never I, mind. I, I've been there. I didn't much care for it, I, and uh, even the title turned me off. I was like, "Chicken and waffles, I'm good, thanks." <laughs> you know, I, I can't really ever think of a time that I was having chicken and wanted a waffle, or having a waffle and wanted chicken. So, um, I, and I went there and had chicken and waffles, and I was right. Not a good combo. Chicken and waffles. Yeah, it's the kind of thing that your stomach uh, yells at you all day about having. I don't uh, see that. I don't see that. <laughs> so, uh, I was going to ask, uh, it's been a while since we've talked about who's dead to you. Well. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's been months, uh, you know, well. Yeah. I think the first time you mentioned it was when I was staying in a hotel after the apartment fire. And, uh, yeah, and I was like, "What? Who's, who's dead, dead on Dad's who, list? Who was dead to me at that time?" Oh, uh, God, I don't even remember. I know that you said that Julian Assange was very much alive to you. 
There was some. Yeah. I think there was some actress who was dead to you. Hmm. Well, Oprah Winfrey's dead to me. Yeah, that's fair. You know. Yeah. Well, there's just certain, you know, there's certain things you just don't want to. People and places and things you, you don't want them as part of your life. You know, you just don't want them around. Yeah, makes sense. So therefore, they're dead to you. Yeah. No, that's 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 all. It's a pretty good little philosophy. It's not really. Yeah, Glenn Beck would go on my list. There you go. You see, you got people like that. Oh yeah, I got plenty of people like that. Of course, you're, are you going to just name all the all the all the California liberal <laughs> speak? Uh, no, I'm, I'm... sometimes sometimes when I'm talking to you and we get into anything political at all, which is really not a good idea, but <laughs> anytime we do. I I sense that I've moved to a track that is sort of one that you've been trained to be on, on rather than one that you choose to be on. No. And this is the problem with California liberals. California liberals are not like New York liberals. Hmm. California liberals are following some leader or something. They, they, I don't. They, I don't know of any leader I'm following. Is the is the no? But they believe things in 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 masses. I mean, it's mm. like political correctness and the green movement and environmental people and the you know they have that same. They all going to fall in that same. It's like they were, they can't. You know, it's the Sean Penn who's also dead to me. By the way. <laughs> it's an interesting. Uh, I have an interesting Sean Penn story actually. Oh jeez, I could go without it, but go ahead. Uh, it's not a good one. Uh, oh, it's good. not like it's. You'd like this. I was. I was a few years ago. I was out to dinner um, on Academy Awards night with a friend of mine, and she wanted to meet up with another friend of hers who was in some band or something. And we stopped by this weird blues jazz club, where they had various celebrities that would go up and jam with the whatever jazz band was playing, and they, you know, it's kind of interesting. Celebrities I didn't know. They were mostly like basketball players and whatnot. And then afterwards, we went out to dinner, and on the dinner with us was, um, I believe his name is Michael Winslow. He was in that, that movie with Robert De Niro. He was the Australian guy, Australian director. What movie? Uh, the one, What Just Happened? Or... Oh, oh, that's the one that I saw the premiere of. Yeah, he was the Australian director. I met Robert De Niro at the, you know, shook hands with him and gave him my card and all that stuff. Yeah, yeah. I finally watched it the other night, so... Um... Uh, anyway, so Michael Winslow, I think that's his name. I, I, hopefully that's the right guy. Anyway, um, he was he was the Australian director in that movie, and in The Crow, he was the bad guy. A lot of movies, he's the bad guy. Three Musketeers, Metro, things like that. He's got a very deep voice. He kind of talks like this, you know. Um, I don't think his name is Winslow, but go ahead. Yeah, well, whatever his name is. I, I can't actually remember his name. No, Michael Winslow is somebody entirely different. Yeah, I don't know. Anyway, whatever, that guy. So... I was out to dinner with this friend of mine and her friend and that guy, um, Michael Wincott. Wincott. Wincott's his name, I think. I'll look it up. Anyway, um, and he got he was it was Academy Award night, so he was just on a tear, just about Hollywood. Just had a lot of negative things to say about Hollywood and how he hated all the movies that were coming out these days and all this different stuff. And I, I just was like, I was just amused because I really liked the guy in The Crow, you know. And I was just like, wow, I'm having dinner with the guy from The Crow. And so I was just like, yeah, you know, egging him on because I just want to hear. I love crazy Hollywood rants from people who are actually involved in Hollywood. 
And uh, and at one point he goes, you know, I saw many people, you know, they, why the, the media likes to talk bad about Sean Penn. And I was like, because he's a total jackass. And he goes, no, because he speaks his friggin' mind. <laughs> and I was like, oh, oh, all right. And he gave me this like very like pointed at me and just stared like, like how dare you call my best friend a jackass? And I was like, all right. So I'm with you. I don't like Sean Penn either. No, not a not. I'm not a Sean Penn fan. I think he's way way overrated as an actor and as a person. And uh, I mean, to me, the biggest jackass maneuver he he did that will always stick in my mind is when Katrina was going down, and he got on a tiny little boat and decided, well, I can't get on a boat without you know two cameramen and a guy with a microphone. It's like you, that's three extra people you could have saved, but you have to get it on camera and show some freak out. Well, about he's just—he's just, so—I don't know what to say about him. He's dead to me. All right, so I—I don't—I'm not on the Sean Penn bandwagon. I generally don't go for the PC bandwagon. I wouldn't be a very good comedian yeah. if I did. Uh, it just has a—it just has a—I don't know. It's just depressing to me the way California is. Yeah. Because it's such a wonderful place, you know. Yeah. In my mind, I think of it in a very positive way. But man, the, the people that come screaming out of there—if you think about Barbara Boxer—and you know, oh, just oh, such a disaster. And of course, the state is like a third world country right now. I mean, they're broke. They're letting everything go to pot. People can't get paid. It's you know the state is in dire straits. Yeah, which is which was a singing group back in the seventy, by the way. I remember the dire straits, of course. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, money for nothing and your chicks for free. There you go. Yeah, so I, I mean I don't know I it, I I like it out here, but um, you know I think that. Oh, I can understand you know, how you would like. Over over time, you know, as time goes on, as I as I take in new information as I see the uh, effects of various policies and things like that. You know, I, I'm liable to form opinions on some things and other things just kind of go, ah, I could care less and, you know, I'll let this happen and, you know, whatever have you. You know, I, I, I generally, like I said, my, my overall stance pretty much comes to, like, be a good person and, um, you know, move forward with science. That's a, that's... Those are the Move ones that I, with science. Yeah, I'm big on science. Anything that propels science forward, I'm a big fan of. Okay. I'd like to get rid of um, hoodoo and. Um, well, I enjoyed our discussion a couple of times ago when we talked about the future, particularly of solar stuff and all. We don't need to do it again. But well, actually, it's it's interesting. I do have. I, a, I agree with you. I agree with you. I'm all in favor of new technology and all that. I like all that. There was there was an article I did want to bring up that I found uh, uh, not that long ago, maybe a couple hours ago, um, where they talk about uh, the scientists made an, a new artificial leaf that um, it's for solar research, and it's a, they say it's like a thinner version of a playing card in size. When it placed it, when placed in water in sunlight. It uses the new inexpensive catalyst to convert the liquid into hydrogen and oxygen and ether the gases emitted from a different side of the leaf, which then can be used as a power source. So they're saying that mm. with that leaf, a gallon of water can generate enough power to fuel a house for a whole day. Wow. Yeah. 
and they say it's it functions at ten and times the. No uh, tell on what's going to come of that. Yeah, I'm curious about that. that. Sounds good. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, we need some thing. We need stuff right now in the way of invention <clears throat> is stuff that's inexpensive because. Most stuff to me is too expensive. I mean, I, th- I think they get too much money for cars, and they certainly get too much for gasoline. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> I mean, my last ten days, I've spent a hundred dollars on gasoline. Yowza! So that, if you extrapolate that equation, you can see that in thirty days, I'll be spending three hundred dollars. Yeah. I either got to cut down on my driving around or. Add to the budget, one or the other. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> because that's a lot of money for gasoline. Yeah, I mean it, it. It's weird. It just, I mean, it shot up out of nowhere. I mean, it's it. it see, I don't drive that much. Like, I pretty much drive to work, and then I kind of hang out around my apartment in in my neighborhood. So, when gas prices, you know, spike, I, I you know. I notice immediately because it's so drastic. You know, it's it's such a, a length of time between the time that I gas up. It can be two weeks or something, three weeks. How long? How, how long does it take you to get to work? Uh, in the morning, it takes me. My exact time from my bedroom to my office is eighteen minutes. Uh, so from one bed, from the bed to the chair. When you're coming home, what's <laughs> uh, thirty minutes? It's a little longer coming in. Yeah, about thirty minutes, almost to the minute every time. You're burning pretty good gasoline when you're in like stop and go traffic for twenty, thirty minutes. You can you can burn up some gasoline. Yeah, yeah. It's you it's know. weird. It seems like no matter how much traffic there is, my commute home is always half an hour. It's like almost never any different. And <laughs> uh, but you know, in the morning there's nobody out. It's five o'clock in the morning. You know. So I I just hold, yeah. you know I go seventy miles an hour seventy five and and I'm there and you know like I said eighteen minutes from my bed to my uh, the chair in my office so you know um, if you extrapolate that and then add on twelve minutes of traffic I'm actually still covering pretty good ground without much stop and go you know huh. what's going on over there looks like you're looking at something by important. the way. Yeah, well, I have a, you know, I'm always finding written materials that come from usually my mother, but uh, sometimes it's someone else. But, you know, being an only child and having spent enormous amounts of time with my mother as a young kid, I have a lot of memorabilia from her, you know, that, uh, in fact, Sheila has a lot of it in her little photo collection that my mother left with her. But I have in front of me this small piece of paper. Looks like a handwritten note. And what it is is it's a handwritten note, and it's written to Leslie. Oh, wow. says, Leslie, here is a good little Creole cookbook. Hmm. Which is this, what I have right here. It's falling apart. There it is. Yeah. I guess she wanted Leslie to learn how to cook Creole. Hmm. But it says, uh, you know, it's got a... It's, it says, 
It's actually telling, ask or suggesting to her that Tommy, which is me, mm-hmm. uh, likes this kind of food. <laughs> so this, you know, this was probably at some pretty close day after we got married. You know, mm-hmm. she was probably like giving Leslie an idea of what to cook for me. You see what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so it's kind of cute, actually. And uh, she made a hell of a red beans and rice. I'll tell you that. Well, this cookbook is just chock full of great Louisiana food recipe. Mm-hmm. It's called La Bonne à Manger. Got uh, it's put out by the St. Matthew's Guild of Terrahoma, Louisiana, in Terrebonne Parish, which is in the middle of Cajun country. Mm-hmm. And uh, this is a wonderful little letter, and it, it tells her how, you know, baked fish with tomato sauce, and she's thinking of redfish coubillon. Hmm. Uh, you know, so anyway, but in the book itself, she had little stars next to certain ones of the food, which certain ones of the recipes, which would sort of highlight those things which I love the most. Ah, I gotcha. Makes sense. <laughs> you know, you can picture her. Here's her, you know, her only son, and he's getting married to this girl and uh, that she doesn't know that well. I mean, she's certainly met her, and we've been trouble for about a year and a half before we got married. And um, so those are both my parents, I mean. And uh, she probably just felt that she was helping... Leslie or your mother to uh, your mom I should say um, you know to, to find things to cook that I would like to eat you know yeah yeah so that, I think it's pretty normal really. I actually it was, it was funny I um, over the weekend I, I kept the TV on and they were having a marathon of this thing on history channel called swamp people yeah, I, I know. That's a Cajun thing, too. Yeah. That's made up, though. That's so made up. When you listen to those people talk, they're not from Louisiana. That's not the way a real Cajun talks, I can tell you right now. They're trying very hard, but no way. No? I, they seem seem pretty genuine to me. I don't know. From what I from what I. Well, known. I didn't watch it. So fake sounding. I just I didn't watch it, but I know what you mean. Swamp people. I saw it. I saw. Yeah, the, it looked. It was, it was interesting to see these gator hunters, you know. And I just thought it was kind of an interesting lifestyle and and the way that they did uh, everything. It's kind I of thought neat. Those are actually gator hunters. That's all right. Hey, look! If they got missing teeth and Creole and you know Cajun accents and whatnot, and living in shacks out by a swamp, I'm gonna go ahead and say that's good enough for me. <laughs> I have. You know, you could see how they do. They can make anything into anything if they want to. Yeah, yeah. You know, it is not the authenticity is not based on what you're seeing there. It's got to be based on the actual people. But I found the people to be a little bit sort of fake myself. So I, I just didn't. I discounted the whole idea of it. To me, it was like a reality show looking thing. You know. Yeah, I mean, I, I guess to me, I was I was thinking like, why wouldn't they be real? Because it, it wouldn't be that difficult to find people whose sole income pretty much comes from this one month a year that they they kick butt in the swamps and then some of them are also shrimpers and other times and things like that and i just thought like 
how would they if they went in there and said we want to watch you hunt these things we'll pay you a ridiculous ton of money why would they ever say no because these are people that are like you're watching shows where they're a little bit you know get one less gator a day and they're like well we got to go shrimping to make up for it and i'm like (laughs) you know those are the type of people who if you brought a camera crew and said hey we want to watch you hunt crocodiles we'll pay you you know five thousand an episode or some you know probably not even that much but let's say five thousand an episode why would they turn yeah. that down? I mean, that's, you know, that's probably three well, I, times I what they make. I wouldn't think it would be difficult to get some Cajun people involved. No, I don't think that would be difficult at all. I just have a little problem with their accents. didn't really sound authentic to me, so that was... Hmm. People not that haven't heard the real accents, but not... That's all I'm saying. Right, right. Well, there's like, one guy the that definitely sounded what i remember here in in the you know in my time over there very briefly but there was one it was like older guy and they they had to like subtitle it because he was so thick <laughs> where he was like you know why but no and they're I funny guy will swamp for my great grandfather and his grandpa and i was like what <laughs> well so. you don't have like what i would call a southern accent they kind of sound like hey man where you going today yeah, that was the that was the guy. He just spoke really slow like that. He was wow, 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 there. But yeah, I'm gonna yeah. go in my boat, man. I'll see you later. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, some of them were just generic Southern accents, but that guy specifically, I was like, this guy, I could, I could buy that, you know. And well, I it's had to... so funny to watch. It's so funny to watch shows of which there have been so many since Katrina filmed in New Orleans or about New Orleans you know detective shows and all kinds of stuff movies it's funny to hear the accent that they're trying to portray for New Orleans because there's no accent in the country like that yeah and the people that they usually put in there have sort of what I would call an Atlanta accent you know which is a real southern accent right right nobody in New Orleans is Mississippi people talk with that southern accent. Right, right. But New Orleans people are not. They talk like I do. Yeah. Well, you have an interesting mix. Yeah, like, well, uh, particularly if they're Italian, they talk like I do. Because I don't have the Cajun thing. Yeah. In fact, I get very upset when somebody tries to call me a Cajun. <laughs> <laughs> well, when you tell somebody from New Orleans, oh, Cajun, eh, Cajun. Yeah. I got relatives that are Cajun, so yeah. I, I, I'm not necessarily criticizing Cajuns, but I'm just not one of them. <laughs> I see, I see. You see uh, what I'm saying? Yeah, I, I get you entirely. You know, I know. <laughs> uh, it was a. I had um, some restaurant I did, I did a show at a few months ago had had little uh, gator. Uh, it's sort of like gator calamari, if you will. It was like a little fried gator, and uh, really, really good. Quite spicy. You gotta spice uh, it up pretty good. You gotta do something with gator because it has a very bland taste to it. Other than that. you know, I mean, they gotta braise it or do something. Yeah, it was it was pretty spicy, but they were really good. I was like, this is all right. I I could I could go for this and head back there sometime and have it again. It's pretty good stuff. Uh, let's see what else did I have in my uh, my notes here. There's uh, a restaurant in New Orleans which is located beneath the famous UEP Long Bridge crosses the Mississippi. Mm-hmm. This was before they built the newer 
Mississippi River Bridge that crosses right at the foot of Canal Street by the French Quarter. That's the Mississippi River Bridge most people that visit New Orleans are familiar with. But the old bridge was called the UEP Long Bridge. It's further, I guess that would be west, northwest, down. It's very narrow. When you're driving over it, you feel like you're going to fall off it. It's real high. Hmm. In the middle of the bridge is a railroad bridge. <laughs> wow. So traffic coming and going is driving around the, the, the railroad bridge. So if you happen to be up there when a train comes through, it's real exciting. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if exciting is the word I'd use, but I hear you. <laughs> no, if you go across that bridge into what's called West Wego, right on the restaurant, M-O-F-C-A. And they have probably the best food in the entire planet at Mosca's. I mean, it's like, oh, wonderful. Hmm. And Mosca's, you know, is a Italian group of people. So this is one but, of those, uh, whenever you're there, you go, we're going to Mosca's. Yeah, right. you got to go to Mosca's. Hmm. If you can go through the drive to get to Mosca's, over the UAP Long Bridge and all of that. A lot yeah. of people, as soon as you say we're going across the... Oh, no, I'd rather not go. Let's go over to Mandina's <laughs> where it's, you know, close. Right, right. Uh, anyway, he makes a thing called Shrimp Mosca. Now, this is just one of a million believable meals. But along with six cloves of garlic and bay leaves and rosemary and oregano, teaspoon of black pepper and salt and sauterne wine and two ounces of olive oil, extra virgin. He adds two pounds of unpeeled shrimp. Wow. And... He cooks this uh, in a frying pan. He adds all the spices and all that stuff. But it comes out sort of like uh, the sauce is the whole meal. The shrimp is delicious, but the sauce, you get the French, which is New Orleans as well, and you just sort of sop up the, 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 the gravy, which is probably, I would say, extremely high in cholesterol count. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, so you wouldn't want to eat that once a day or anything. Oh, the food is just, and it goes on and on. Whatever you get there, it's just, it's just amazing. Oh, but I, I came just in New Orleans. The people that are going to visit there, Mandina's, Central Grove, Mosque. These are the restaurants you want to go to. Mm -hmm. they, all that stuff in the French Quarter, you can kind of skip over that. It's, you know, it's not the real thing. Yeah, I remember, I feel like we, like, drove, I mean, you took me through the French Quarter once, we, like, walked through there and stuff, and, and I, every time I've seen video of the French Quarter, I'm like, I don't get the appeal, but maybe I'm weird like that, you know? It's just like, it's just like any tourist place in the United States. Yeah. You, you, you want to say you went there, you yeah, know? Yeah, yeah, makes well, sense. Well, I've been to Disneyland, or yeah, I've been yeah. to Disney. Well, I've seen, you know... Uh, frying Rock up in the middle of the Smoky Mountains. So, mm. Seeing the Grand Canyon. You well, know, it's like that uh, movie where they drive out to the Grand Canyon, the guy looks so well, I saw the Grand Canyon, they drive off. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's uh, like I had but, uh, I do this uh, show on Monday. Uh, that's so, it's the thing to say I went to the French Quarter because there's nothing to see. 
Yeah. It's really not very picturesque. <laughs> yeah. Well, they do a lot of, you know, it's on TV a lot and stuff, like History Channel or oh, whoever, yeah. whenever they talk about New Orleans. Right. Uh, this is the French Corps. But it's like I have a friend, uh, you know, I do a show on Monday here, uh, a broadcast show with just my comedian friends. And uh, one of my friends was on last night, and he says he's been doing these shows at the Hollywood Hotel. And I said, what's, you know, like, what's that like? And I, he's like, yeah, I love it because it's just tourists. Because the first thing that comes up when you Google for a Hollywood, for a hotel in Hollywood, <laughs> yeah. is the Hollywood Hotel. Absolutely. It's, it's not a very good hotel, but it's inexpensive. <laughs> it's in Hollywood, and it's called the friggin' Hollywood Hotel. Yeah. And so he's like, it's just, you know, and they're enthusiastic, and they're like, oh, my God, a real L.A. comedian, you know, and they just lose their mind, and you know. And I'm like, I, I have got to get booked there. i got to try that. Wait till the they Hollywood get a load of hotel. me. There's no talent who lives in the Hollywood Hotel. Yeah, that's true. You know, there's... There's a, a whole thing going on there, probably. By the way, a couple of little-known facts about the so-called French Quarter. Mm -hmm. And, you know, people look at the architecture, the balconies, and the old buildings that are 200 years old. It was actually Spanish. <laughs> the Spanish, actually, are the ones that built the French Quarter, so to speak. Wow. You see, in, in, in old New Orleans, back in the, you know... 19th and 7th and 18th centuries mm -hmm. uh, it was a very class operated place uh, the people with all the money which were the English speaking people lived up on St. Charles Avenue where they still live <laughs> mm -hmm. that's, that's you know kind of the garden district as they call it about Tulane University and Loyola and up that way and uh, the people that lived in the French Quarter were the old money in the in the foreign accent type people, people French people, Spanish people, not necessarily poor now, but just a different class of people. And there was a constant struggle between those two groups for a long time as to who was going to run New Orleans and so forth. Mm -hmm. But it's funny how many years that's gone on because it's basically about the same now I mean the, the, the uptown as they call it uptown which is uh, the Garden District St. Charles Avenue crowd has always been the money of New Orleans that's where the money lives right and uh, it's just it's, it's been like that forever really hmm. in New Orleans you gotta realize there were people wearing tuxedos and drinking champagne in the French Quarter when the Indians were still fighting up in New York so New Orleans has been civilized for a lot longer time than most cities. It was once the third largest city in the United States, in fact. And uh, it's, I think about the history part of it, and it makes me kind of sad to think of what it is now. You know? Do you think that? Cause it, do you think it, that the, uh... it's been? It should have. It should have become a much bigger player than it, than it is. Well, do you think that it's because? You know, like, for instance, uh, you know, I watched that America History of Us thing, and it seemed like going through the time that they showed, whenever there was a mass influx of people, wherever there's big cultures throughout the U.S., it's always because some 
something happened there where a lot of people were like, we can drop everything and go there. They have blank there that we could really, you know, California Gold Rush and New York real estate and just Ellis Island really in general. That's where you'd come, you know what I mean? Certain yeah. things like this where, you know, Texas oil, things like that. What does New Orleans have, or even Louisiana, that other than the swamps, of course, that, um, and maybe that's what the joke comes from of the of the oh, if you believe that, I've got some swamp land to sell to you or whatever. Right. I mean, is that well, you think that I might think have a lot New to Orleans, do with it? I think it, it it's definitely a factor. I can't say to what extent it's a factor, but that is definitely a factor. New Orleans has never been. It's it's always had this sense of being almost like a European place. In other words, it, it's very much not a part. It's certainly not a part of Louisiana. You, you get no sense from anywhere else in Louisiana that's anything like or You go 500 miles, I would say more like 300 miles in any direction from New Orleans. And there's really nothing else beside New Orleans when it comes to a big metro area. Right. So it kind of dominates that Gulf Coast region there. Um, or it used to. It doesn't anymore. And of course, it was always a huge port city up until, I would say, the late 70s when it started to fall apart. But it was always a big shipping spot to go up the Mississippi shipping. There was a lot of railroad traffic through New Orleans. Right. You know, it was located right there near the Gulf. So you, you had a lot of shipping that went there. They still have a lot of shipping, but it's when Houston opened their own port, uh, just about buried New Orleans because uh, New Orleans has never recovered from Houston's ship channel. When they built it, it just kind of... You know, took all that business away from New Orleans. It's a lot easier to take your ship into Houston than it is to take it into New Orleans. Because in New Orleans, you got to go up the Mississippi, around the curbs and the banks, and the you yeah, know, yeah. slow-moving thing. Where um, Houston is right on the right on the Gulf. Yeah, I, actually, actually, uh, the ship channel is Houston's not. But uh, it's it's just the economy was so built around that port city thing right for some years that when that when that collapsed i don't think the city's ever really recovered and it's all it's had the problem of being a poor place for a long time right the average income is low there there's a lot of people that are on welfare uh you know as you saw with the katrina Thing there's a lot of people that you know just survive and that's all they're doing. Yeah. So for them to recover, which is what they keep talking about, I don't think that's it's ever going to be a great city or anything. You know, I just don't think that's going to happen. Well, you got New Orleans and Detroit are probably but it's the, the best most... food, best food in the country without a doubt. Yeah, I wouldn't know. I'd have to go there again, but um, yeah, anyway, it seems like New Orleans and Detroit seem like the two cities that that I've heard a few times people refer to as the cities that uh, America failed at, or or you know, it's sort of like that's that's what America needs to figure out what what it's going to do with cities like Detroit and uh, and New Orleans. It's like you know, America left those behind, kind of thing. Yeah, well, Detroit has very similar problems. 
with the crime rate and the number of poor people and the economy being bad and no no businesses opening, businesses are moving out of Detroit. Same kind of thing that New Orleans has. Yeah, they were all car industry, though, you know, auto industry yeah, seems based, like. That, yeah. that was the whole economy, basically. And motor And motor it's city. special weather. Detroit is <laughs> really bad weather. Yeah. But uh you know, when you look at a when you look at a census of say nineteen ten or something, uh you would see New Orleans with probably seven hundred, eight hundred thousand people, maybe the seventh, eighth largest city in the country. Dallas would have maybe forty thousand people, not even on any list anywhere. Wow. Now Dallas has six and a half million people. New Orleans has four hundred thousand. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right. So it's uh, and Houston's the same way. They have six million in Houston as well. Yeah, and Texas so has got uh, some people. <laughs> yeah, I mean it's a big place, but I mean California and Texas, you know, for the last fifty years have been the growth of this country. Yeah. I mean, there's no question about it. When you talk about job producing jobs and economies booming and all that real estate and everything else, California and Texas are like way ahead of the rest of the country on that. On those, yeah. Well, it seems like uh, you know there's a lot. There's a lot going on in uh, you know Nevada. You know, clearly, I think a lot of it has to do with that you know incorporated Nevada thing, where it's like they have little or no taxes and you don't have to actually center your business there you can have like a meeting there once a year to to have a nevada corporation i think that helped you know them a lot and uh but it seems like there's a you know i have friends that live like in vegas and around vegas that there just doesn't seem to be like a a trouble with getting a job out there you know even non-casino related job uh well i would that that would surprise me because i have people I talk to pretty regularly in Vegas and um, the economy there is not doing very well right at the moment because of the slowdown in the economy has affected the, the travel trade. Yeah, naturally. I mean, I'll spend money on casinos is not going to last very long because that is, the, that is Vegas. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Gambler. I mean, I don't care what anybody tries to say. In fact, I could live there easily. I would love to live there. You know, it's got the weather is a little better than Phoenix, and uh, but it's still got that feeling of lots of golf courses. And, yeah. You know, I would like to be close enough to where I could do my little gambling a little easier. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I never, but, I never really got into gambling. Still don't. It's not really my. Well, it's you know. it's good that you haven't. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I, I take it as a good thing. I mean, yeah. Like, again, I think I've said it before. It's like I, if I were you know a multimillionaire, I'd be one of those weird eccentric guys who would bet on things that you, you shouldn't bet on, like you know, yeah, making know. people do weird things and see if they, you know, like I'll bet you a thousand dollars you can't blank this, you know, or whatever. You can't blank blank. Well, I grew up. I grew up in such a setting of gambling and bookies and racetracks and stuff that it was just part of my blood i guess you'd say right right and uh you know i've never i've never 
I've never been a time when I wasn't doing some kind of little wager here and there. Yeah. I but, also uh, hate losing. I think that also something. helps. Do what? I said I also hate losing. I think that has a lot to do with why I don't like Yeah, gambling. well, that's, losing your hard-earned money is uh, most people can't do that too easily, and I wish I was one of them, but I'm not, so. <laughs> but, I mean, that's like, just, you know, I... I Vegas, Vegas has a certain attractiveness to person my age or anyone in retirement age because uh, there's a certain lifestyle it's it's not a family I don't I don't picture it as a place where a family would want to live (laughs) yeah but yeah there's obviously families living there. They got a million. People I don't know what there. the heck they're doing there. That's just a terrible idea. I, I mean, I don't everybody know. I've ever known that's grown up in Vegas has some serious problems. They're addicted to yeah, they, several they, things. They, they, <laughs> I mean, I can remember one time going. On, I mean, I used to go there when we were living in Phoenix. Uh, I used to go there probably once every six weeks or so on business. I just had a regular business thing to go up there to do. And uh, used to be able to fly there from Phoenix for twenty nine dollars. Wow! And uh, so it was, you know, pretty easy to go up there. But I remember staying. I was in this hotel, casino hotel. I think it was the MGM. And there was this man and woman, started maybe in their twenties, that were cleaning the rooms, you know. Mm-hmm. And I was in my room doing something, paperwork or something. I told him, come on in. I'm not, you know, do what you got to do. I'm, I'm over here at the little table, you know. And it turns out there were a husband and wife that worked together cleaning these, you know, along with uh, hundreds of other employees. Right, right. And so the guy's telling me this story about this system he has. <laughs> here he is. Cleaning rooms at the end. He the system that he and his wife, as soon as they get X number of dollars, I don't remember what the figure was. It was something like eight thousand or ten thousand dollars. They're saving up. Once they get that amount of capital, they can put the system into work, and then they will be set for life. So he's telling me this whole story, and I'm thinking, I bet you this story is told all over Vegas every day. 10,000 times. They're going to come there, they got a system, and they're going to be rich for the rest of their lives as soon uh, as they raise enough capital. <laughs> right, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, did their system involve gambling at all, or was it just... Yeah, that's what it was. It was oh, a gambling a way to play whatever it was. I don't remember if it was craps oh, or blackjack or something. Jesus. But uh, it was a system, and it was him and his wife, and... Uh, Working in a nice hotel. Hmm. I had the house moved down from uh, Flagstaff. I don't know if you remember that house with the pool and everything. But uh, the, the lighting fixtures in the uh, living room, den, and dining room were from the MGM Grand. How what you had happened? That? <laughs> the guy I bought the house from. There was a huge fire, which was kind of a famous fire at the MGM. And parts of the casino was destroyed, so they had like a, a just a sale of merchandise. And he went up and bought all these lighting fixtures put in that house. Wow. Uh, so we had, I don't know, probably a half a dozen big, huge lighting fixtures <laughs> up in the seat of the different rooms. 
that huh. came from the MGM Grand. Very ornate. Wow. See, I didn't even know. Yeah, I scribbles. thought the MGM Grand was a uh, a later hotel because I can remember when they put that that lion there. And, now the MGM uh, and. Uh, it's been there a long time because this was, you know, this was in the 80s. Yeah. So, well, I remember when I was in high school, uh, out in uh, old, in Scottsdale, back when before Scottsdale became, you know, its own thing that it is now, um, a virus as I call it. But um, it was <laughs> <laughs> it was out by that Scottsdale airport. A friend of mine was like, "You got to see this uh, this lion," and I'm like, "What?" Like, all right, I'll, I got to see this. So we drive out, and there's you know, what became the MGM Grand Lion sitting in a oh, now that lot. lion that lion was not there back in the eighties. Yeah, no, I just I assumed that it was you know they had re, they had started a new hotel. I didn't realize that it was already there, and then they added a lion. I you know what I'm saying? Yeah. But it was yeah. weird to see this huge. I think it looked like it was made out of styrofoam, and just sitting in a parking lot, just sitting there, no security, nothing, not covered up. It wasn't painted yet. Just this huge lion sitting there in a parking lot. So, you know, that's what I remember of the MGM Grand. So that's why I thought that it was a. It was, I thought that the hotel was built around that time, hence the lion. But clearly, it was there all along, and they were like, "Let's add a lion," <laughs> or "Let's upgrade the lion." I don't know. Maybe that's what it was. When uh, when Jenny and I were time to have been to Vegas. And we went in the MGM Grand Casino, and uh, right inside the front door, they had the these huge dollar slot machines. Mm-hmm. And uh, so she puts a dollar in it and wins a hundred dollars on one pull. Nice. First gambling she ever did, <laughs> and that casino never did see that hundred dollars. I could say right now. <laughs> Uh, she just popped but, that and uh, said, I'm good. I'm stuck. I'm that's quit it. While I'm well, this has been fun. I really enjoyed this. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, she, she won 100 bucks right off the bat. It was pretty neat. I, uh, I remember back in 98, 99 maybe, where I, I would stay uh, at a friend's house, and uh, her mom was big on the Indian casinos and stuff, so she would... You know, if we stayed over the night and stuff, a friend of mine and I would stay, this other friend and, and her mom would, we'd be like, here's 20 bucks, go hit the Indian casinos. And we would just be like, well, let's see how far we can stretch this and, you know, whatever pocket change we have on us. And I always walked away with more than I started, so I felt good about that. But I wasn't crazy about it. You know, I didn't, I didn't like, you know, you know just doing slots and all stuff. all the casinos that they have all over the country now, everywhere... None of those casinos are like a Vegas casino because they, they would be against the law. In other words, you can't bet on a football game at one of those Indian casinos. I was wondering what the difference was. No. All you can do is play slot machines and craps. and you know, There's hmm. no sports betting, horse racing, all that stuff. So That's, that's the, the reason difference. I like Vegas. You can bet on a sports game because that's what I like to do. But you I don't like have to, bet to be on... in Vegas to do that. Yes. No, you can call up the guys. Yep. Well, you don't have to be in Vegas to do it if you have a good bookie, but uh, <laughs> legally, that's the only place you can do it. Hmm. Well, I mean, it seems like I mean, it's like there's this this site called BetUS, B-E-T-U-S dot com, and they'll uh, you know they'll take your bets for you. 
And it's I, a thousand of them, but you have no idea what at what point you're going to get paid and not get paid, and who's going to get arrested, and the government closes them down. All of it. Well, they, so, they seem pretty above the law, I but I have no idea how it works. Work. I have no idea how that works, but I, I just know that... Well, they're usually you know. operating offshore to start with, hmm. uh, but it's still illegal. Hmm. Didn't know that. That seems like okay. that seems a, an arbitrary distinction for me. Yeah, you know, I feel like gambling is gambling. Why? You know, I mean, why? Why is that where the line was drawn? So you know. Well, actually, you know, there's so many countries, and particularly in Europe, where gambling is sort of a rich man's game, and you know, uh, they don't believe in making it illegal. Illegal, anyway. Yeah. But for some reason, I guess it's probably our Judeo-Christian background. There's some reason why, in this country, we somehow connect it all to criminal activity. There's a variety of things like that that are just, you know, either illegal or skirting the law or the whole country frowns on. Or, uh, it's very strange. It's that, you know, often just, uh, you know, people say the puritanical this or puritanical beliefs and so on and so forth, you know. I don't know that that's what it is, but it seems to me that that's what it would be. I know that's what it is in the state of Texas, the reason why we don't have casinos because of something happening. Yeah, see, why are you trying to ruin our fun? Not you, but them, you know. Why are they trying to ruin everybody's well, fun? Well, and what's funny is that, you know, Mississippi is overflowing with, with uh, Southern Baptists, and uh, which is nothing wrong with that, but they do have casinos down on the Gulf Coast in Mississippi. Hmm. They can't actually be on the ground. They have to be in the water. Oh. That's interesting. So they they're out into you know they're out into the bay. So sitting almost out on, international waters, <laughs> like in a pier pier situation. You know. That's interesting. Again, arbitrary distinction. It has to be on the water. Like, yeah. Isn't it, doesn't exactly. Atlantic City basically? Isn't it sort of like? Uh, I mean, they, they have gambling like Vegas. Or? I think you know what. Atlantic City could be the could be the only other place, but I don't think so. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I've never been there. But yeah, it, it I was surprised like... that there's sports betting in, in Atlantic City because they have uh, sports teams there, pro teams in college. Uh, is that why Nevada doesn't have so, any uh, sports uh, teams? Yeah, it's exactly why. Huh. No, no, none of the pro leagues will give them will allow a team to play there. Is it just too too much uh, uh, no, temptation too big a to? Uh... You know, it's it's. Pro sports wants to make sure that it's not in any way touching anything that looks like gambling or fixing or, hmm. you know. Meanwhile, stay all the big boxing matches take place there. So Yeah. You know. Oh, yeah, the biggest boxing matches in the world take place in Vegas. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So. But, I mean, it's an exciting place to me. I, I, I like it. I, I find it. Of course, you know, again, I do enjoy gambling, so that's... I, I like I, I like the the feeling of a of a twenty four hour party town. I like um, I like that well, I, I like that you can go into a bar and get a drink and walk right out onto the street and nobody's going to say anything to you. You can just continue. Well, drinking. I will say this. The, the, I will say this. That's very strange, and they always make jokes about this. But because there's no clocks anywhere, you do lose track of the time. Hmm. 
you know, like all of a sudden you look around, it's one thirty, you know, in the in the morning. Yeah, yeah. Like, whoa, man, I gotta get to sleep here. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. I, I, it's a, it's some of them, uh, go on, you know, twenty four hours. Yeah, exactly. But, yeah, it's an exciting. I like Vegas, I really do. I, I don't like that there. it's gotten too family uh, oriented out there, and they they putting they got a, well, they got an apartment they, complex they have, on the strip now. I mean, it's like what's that all about? Like Disney World look to it, doesn't it? Yeah, they're when they're they just oh, they made that casino that looks like New York City, and they got the one that looks mm-hmm. like Paris, and they got the one that looks like Venice with the canals. Yeah, I don't like that they added a shopping I mean, center have, and touristy yeah. stuff and an apartment complex on the Strip. And it's just, I'm like, the what are you Vegas, doing? The old Vegas was definitely better. There's no doubt about it. It, it was a totally different, totally yeah. different place before. You know, it's run now by huge corporations. Of course. It used to be run by Guido, you know. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I wish I would have gone there during that time. It would have been a... Yeah, that, that was fun. You know, that that's it was fun. Yeah, I imagine. And uh, it's not the same anymore. But I, I would still, I could live there. I mean, I, I could handle that lifestyle. Definitely. Is there a reason you don't live there? I think at this point, the only reason is it's too much trouble to move. Yeah. I mean, because you talked about a couple of places that you'd like to live. Yeah, and I always well, think, the, why don't you go reason, live there? The reason I bring it up is I've never lived anywhere as long as I've lived where I live right now. Counting my childhood. Mm. I mean, I've lived I've lived in this house for twenty years. Yeah, yeah, it's true. And uh, that's a long time for me. I, I like I say, I haven't lived anywhere anywhere close to that anywhere except the house I grew up in. I lived there from the, for about twelve years. You know. Yeah. But uh, I think my record so I is think three. Is is in the past in the past ten years. I've gotten very antsy, you know, thinking I might want to move. It's just that it, it's so much of a financial uh, decision. Yeah. It never used to be a financial decision. I mean, I never made decisions to move, relocate based on financial problems or financial, not problems, but financial uh, decisions. Right, right. It was not part of the decision. But, but it would be in this case, so that's part of it. And Jenny well, does like it here, and I like it here. I got, you know, I don't have anything against this area. Yeah, no, I mean, I, and also I, I would I, imagine that your mortgage is super cheap if you even have one at this point, you know, whereas you well, move, I, you start all over. The reason I wouldn't mind moving is I've always enjoyed the feeling of starting over. I've always yeah. liked that feeling, you know. I'm with you there. I'm mean, and I moved a lot. Yeah, I know. I mean, we really. <laughs> I think you put you the know, bug never, in me. I can't stay anywhere for too long. I get, I get, I gotta move. I gotta move. Well, I just like, I, I like the feeling of starting over. It's, uh, it always gave me like it was like a fresh start kind of feeling, you know. Yeah, I'm with you. I don't have that feeling anymore like that. So that's part of the reason I'm probably not as motivated. But mm-hmm. uh, from the standpoint of looking at the last. You know what I'm? I'm now probably in the last twenty years of my life, and I'm thinking, okay, does that mean I'm going to spend another twenty years over here? I don't know. Mm-hmm. I might rather be in Florida or or uh, Vegas or somewhere like that. I don't know. 
Hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I, I like. I, I just. Uh, I'm with you. I, I love moving. I'm one of the few people. I, I you know, my friends always complain oh. about it. I'm like, I love it. I don't like the physical moving part, but there ain't nothing quite no. like when you have everything <laughs> in the house and it's all not put away yet. That's that's a. And one of my I favorite used to like moving to another city, and you got a different TV station to watch, and in different stores to go to, and yeah. it's just exciting, you know. Yeah. We moved. Uh, you know, from Jackson, well, from New Orleans to Jackson to Houston. I mean, to Baton Rouge, then to Houston. Yeah. Well, I've now lived in this, on this block, well, on and off, um, for almost, for about five years. Not straight. Three years, one place, and then I moved away for a little bit and came back. But in, yeah. you know... In Hollywood area combined almost seven years and uh, you know except for a short stint in West LA you know uh, I like this city so it's, it's probably the longest I've lived in a given you know one to but two Lord mile knows radius. what I would have done had I been like you not been married and had kids and everything so many times I'd have moved because you gotta just, just picture the fact that I'm moving all the time with a family yeah yeah Exactly. And, uh, I mean, it's a totally different thing. And uh, uh, luckily, uh, your mom was such that she enjoyed it as well. I mean, she used to get just as excited as I would get, if not more so. She was a person that got excited about things, as you know. Yeah. And uh, well, she kept that she kept that alive she had, for a while there. You know, we moved a lot. <laughs> you know. Until, yeah, I don't know. Until she I went know, to Colorado, that was change, uh, you know, changing the addresses and everything. I remember yeah. that. So. But I, I do think that uh, I think there's a lot to say for your lifestyle if you've if you've lived in different parts of the country because the memories that you make from doing that are absolutely priceless. I mean, I have such vivid, absolute, incredibly vivid, exacting memories of stuff mm. that it just, I mean, I could spend a whole day sitting in one place just thinking about the tremendous memories I have of things that I would not have had had I not traveled and moved around in different places. I mean, it's just, it's, it's yeah. It's much more exciting. I, I would hate to get out my right now and have lived in New Orleans, for instance, my whole life. Yeah. I mean, that, that, that just, I, I can't even imagine that. But That's like the people uh, that, that live, you know, their whole lives within five miles of where they grew, of, of where they graduated high school or something. I'm just like, how do you, how do you function? How do you do that? Well, you know, there's not as many people doing it as there used to be, but. Uh, there's certainly a lot of people in a city like New Orleans, you know, some of the older cities. Yeah, I that, can see that. Uh, yeah. Just not interested in moving. It, it, you really can't be critical of it it's because you know it's if they're enjoying it, that's all that matters. Well, yeah, no, I just, I, it, I just it's think, odd to yeah, me. I think I, you leave I, I, I leave a lot. You know, if, if you think about your entire time, including eternity. Uh, uh, this, uh, I find it important to have experienced the stuff that I experienced. Let's put it that way. Yeah. And it's just you know I wouldn't trade it for anything in the world. I'll tell you that. 
Well, I definitely do need to do more traveling. I know that. And I'm, you know, in the middle of getting my passport and things. So, and certainly, you know, as the comedy thing kicks up, um, I'll, I'll obviously be, you know, by necessity doing a lot more traveling, which I look forward to. I've been wanting to do that for a long time. And, you know, that's why I do that, you know, show on Monday with comedian friends is it's, it's, you know, I'm kind of creating this, uh, you know, uh, you, you know, group or whatever have you in a sense, you know, where it's comedians that yeah. I've performed with that I really like as people, but we never really get to talk. And then they come here and we sit for two hours and do a whole show and I learn all about them and then we're really close. And then, you know, then they're like, oh, I'm going to this. Come, you know, when call is, me up is the next that on? Day. Oh. Huh? When is that on? Uh, Monday night. Is seven. that a, pod- a podcast? Yeah, it's a live show and a podcast. Yeah. It's exceedingly filthy, but it's a it's a good show. <laughs> you know, it's exceedingly filthy. <laughs> yeah, well, we're all comedians, so you know, it's like we call the show straight it's riffing. Sh- it's and, a shame that the word comedians has to now be connected to filthy. I guess. Well, well we call it straight riffing. I mean, that's, and it's so, not me connecting. It's you. You just connected it. It wasn't me. Yeah, no. You I, said, well, "Well, we're all comedians." Like. It goes hand in hand. It, well, that's the thing is because you know the, the name of the show is straight riffing, and the idea is that we riff on each other. We, you know, it's I'll throw a topic out there, usually gathered from the news. You know, something that I'm like, this is kind of weird. We could we could have some fun with this, and I'll go, okay, to, you know, on Tuesday, blank happened, you know, and then my co-host Justin might throw out like, ah, I hate the something or other or whatever, and then the guest always has something, and so we'll sit there and bounce back and forth, and one news topic could take us half an hour. Or just bouncing back and forth, like kind of just trying to one up. How do each I other. listen to one of these nasty things? Uh, it's on, also on iTunes and search. How for do my I name. listen? To and on iTunes, same way you'd okay. listen to our show. I'm going to show you something that you would not be aware of. I don't think mm-hmm. might be, but it's acknowledge the game of golf. It's a what? Golf being something that. The game of golf in technology, what technology has done. Mm, okay. This will be our last five minutes of the show here. All right. Um, this book is what's called a yardage guide. I've heard this the name is, before. This is a course that I'm a member of. It's called Water Chase Golf Club. Mm-hmm. And inside this book, they have every hole separately drawn that's one hole right there yeah yeah even though you won't be able to see it there's little tiny spots with a little arrow going out from it that show you yardages in other words you could stand on this tee and look at that sand trap and you would know by this book that it's 200 to that sand trap from that tee uh, now, okay. Why would you want to do that? That's how you decide what club you're going to hit. You don't want to hit it in the sand trap, so you're either going to hit it over the sand trap if you can hit it that far, or you're going to hit it short of the sand trap. Right. You know how far it is. Well, every hole has all these little dots for different spots on the hole, so you can tell how far you are from one to the other, from one spot to the other. So this this yardage book has every hole, all 18, 18th hole. And in the past, before there were yardage books, you used to make your own yardage book. We 
take a scorecard and you'd actually march off the yardage and keep track of it. And the next time you played, you'd pull out your book, and it would you would relate to that. Wow. Then they came out with the yardage books. Right. Well, now they have. <laughs> <laughs> the range fine which there are hundreds of different models and price gauges for them but this would be something I don't own one that you hold up and you look through a little a little hole and it you focus it on the spot that you want to measure to and you push a little button and it comes on it says 180 yards 123 yards right right whatever spot you keep in the crosshairs the range finder well this is a very common thing now when I play golf I'm probably the only guy in the group that doesn't own one because I, I could use theirs if I wanted to but um, at this point you got to know that course like the back of your hand imagine you you yeah, just you, look you and the way, tell them you get the way you know the course but you're, every time you play it you're still going to get into spots that are a little different than the last time and they move the flag around on the green Ah, uh, okay. Okay, so like sometimes the group is in the front, the back, and the middle the side. So you, you need to know the yardage right to that flag all the time. Mm -hmm. And that's what the range fund does. And it's really funny now when you're playing, you look around you at the other people playing, and you'll see all of them standing out there in the fairway looking <laughs> at their little range fund. It just shows you that uh, technology has spread rapidly to the golf course. Yeah. Now that would be the end of my presentation for the evening. I'll bet if there isn't already, if there isn't already an application for it, I'm sure there will be very shortly, where you would just hold your phone up, and the camera would tell you, tell you elevation, no, tell you. Oh that. yeah, it, it, there's already an application for your phone that's a range font. Yeah, that's what I assumed. Yeah. Using a GPS, you know, it's just like a GPS system. Yeah, yeah. Point it where you want it to go, and it has a picture of the hole. Yeah. Touch weight, you want to know how far it is, and it comes up and tells you the yardage. Real quick, I know <laughs> we're going to go. I have one of the more amazing ones on my phone that it trips me out to this day. Uh, well, there's a few of them, but one of them that, that I was always amused by, it's like we're very much in technology, is this one where I hold my phone up out in the street and it shows me through the camera and it puts little bubbles on everything little like you know kind of quote bubbles if you will yeah as i move the camera the bubbles move and it shows me every say restaurant whatever it is i'm looking for let's say restaurant it'll show me every restaurant that is within walking distance from where i'm standing and exactly where it is so it's like as i'm walking towards the restaurant the thing gets bigger and his point, the big arrow is pointing at the restaurant. This is that restaurant you were looking for. Here's how many star reviews it got from X amount of users. It's the craziest oh, thing to see. Yeah, it's crazy. How did we ever live without it? <laughs> I barely use it now, but it's pretty neat. I'll tell you that. But, uh, all right, well, um, good talking right, to you. Ed, Hopefully next week we'll have a better luck with it, the, uh, it went by really fast. Yeah, it's good. It's it good. by show. really fast. We'll be, we'll be on the big 2-0 next time. It's a... Uh, yeah, we'll have to have a champagne toast or something. Yeah, I'll, I'll bust out I'll some bubbling. ginger ale or something. <laughs> yeah, who knows what I got All right, here. All right, Dad. I uh, love you, and we'll talk again next week. All right, Mitchell. All right, take Be care. Be careful. I love you. Enjoyed it again. All right, so did I. All right. Bye-bye.